So today I'm going to talk about, the title God gave me was, The Things That Happened to Me. The Things That Happened, period, past tense, The Things That Happened in Reflection to Me. I guess, I guess you'll say that turning 74 years old, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm reflecting on a lot of things that has happened in the past, and I'm, I'm, I guess they said old men, say young men will have what? They'll have vision. They're looking forward. But old men will have dreams. They look back and reflect upon the things that happened, and God gave me that as a title this morning, the things that happened to me in reflection in retrospect. And I want to begin here in Job chapter 3, verse 25, because Job talked about things that happened to him. And he says, for the things I greatly feared has come upon me. And what I dreaded happened, has happened to me. So he was really speaking of things that had happened and he said, the things that happened were things that I was afraid that could happen. He said, the things that I greatly feared, he said, I feared them, and it happened anyhow. And then it says, I dreaded them. I was, I, these were the things that I would least likely to see happen. He said, these are the things that happened to me. He says, and now that they it happened, he said, I'm not at ease. I'm not at ease. So the things that happened to me caused me to become diseased. It caused me to become disheartened. Now, I'm starting with the negative, but I'm headed somewhere. It, it caused me to be very disheartened because of the things that happened. I wish they hadn't happened. That's what he was really saying. I wish these things had not happened to me, he says, and now that they've happened, I'm not at ease. He said, nor am I quiet, nor am I stilled. He said, I'm restless, I have no rest. He says, for trouble comes. Then he speaks of trouble comes. He said, things continue to come. He didn't say trouble came, trouble comes. He said, there are things that have happened, and then there are things that are yet happening, and they're troublesome. So now, as a result of those things that have happened, and then the threat of them happening again, it has caused me to be troubled. I'm troubled because, and it talks about trouble. He says, my soul is disquieted within me. My soul is disquieted within me. I'm not at a place where I could just rest and just be, at re be relaxed as if these things would never happen again. But because they happened, it has caused me to be restless and not at ease. My soul is disquieted. And I'm worried about the fact that if it happened then, it can happen again. That was really the position that Job had taken, and that was really the challenge that Job was facing. And as a result of that, Job was concerned about the future, as many this day and hour are concerned about the future. What could possibly happen? What could happen tomorrow based upon what happened yesterday? Based upon what happened in my life in the past? 
all those things that happened transformed my life into becoming something that I would not have become if those things had never happened. Because this is a year of transformation. So we're going to talk about how things that happened can change us, how we are changed by the things that happened. As we go through this journey of life, there are things that happen, happenings that occur within us. Now, now listen to what happens when we talk about the happenings. In the moment as they were happening, what I was thinking, to understand what happened when, when they were happening, I had a perspective on things. And, and, and I saw them a particular way while they were happening. I, I, I saw those happenings a particular way. As, as with Job, he said they disturbed him. As Job was speaking, he said they troubled him. They caused his soul to become disquieted as they were happening. I believe this is an appropriate message, particularly for those of you that's going through some things. And I think that's all of us, isn't it? There's something you're, you're, you're going through, there's something you've been through, and then there are some things that you're yet to go through. So, so now, he says, now, what happens as these things were happening, we had a particular, pers- uh, we were thinking a particular thing, my perspective on those things. And understand, when I begin to think about that, my perspective in the midst of things happening was really based upon my position. How was I positioned? What posture had I taken before they happened? So understand, I, I was in a particular place, and it happened while I was in that place. So therefore, it affected me a particular way based upon my position. And here's the thing is, I was present. I was there. You can't tell me about what happened as if it didn't happen. No, it happened because I was present. I was right there when the thing happened. I was there. I was an eyewitness. I was exposed. I was experiencing the thing that was happening when it was, in fact, happening. So I can't ignore it. I can't ignore the facts that has happened or things that have happened. I can't ignore it. And some people get engaged in what I call escapism, and they begin to act as if it didn't happen. But we got to face this thing. It happened. You see, that's one of the hardest things to, don't ignore it, don't act like it didn't happen. Let's be honest. Let's come to the place of having intellectual honesty and emotional honesty and say, this thing really happened. This happened. And it didn't just happen. It happened to me. It happened to me. Now, now that it's happened, how did it change me? How did it change me? See, how we are changed by the things that happen. When something happens, don't think that you came out of it the same way you entered in. But those experiences that you had in life affected you, how you were affected, and it affects different people in different ways. It could be the same thing, but you would be affected one way by it, and another person would be affected another way by the same thing that happened. You know, a lot of things are happening in the world today, and as they're happening, you see, some people are making decisions and they're making decisions that these are things that they will never do again, things that they would never engage in again. There are some people who say, well, I'm going to push past it. You see, there are different reactions and responses to the things 
that are happening. So how we change? Why? But then the question is not how we are changed, but here's another question we let's ask ourselves. Why are we so, how are we changed? Why are we changed by the things that's happening? Because, Lord, you, you see, in, in the book of Job, when Job was talking about the things that's happened, and he talked about how his soul was disquieted, disquieted, the thing was, you have to ask yourself, instead of just accepting the fact that this is how you reacted or responded to the thing that happened, you have to ask a question, I think it's a quality question, why? Why did I respond to the thing that happened the way I responded? Because understand, if you're going to go through transformation, then when things happen, our response ought to be, you see, we ought to respond better. We ought to grow in how we respond to things. We need to, as a result of the knowledge we attain from the Lord of the Lord, He helps us to respond differently to situations. Now, I can't say that the first response was wrong because that's where you were. But I believe over the years, and as you grow in grace, knowledge of the Lord, God is helping us to respond differently to situations that we encounter from day to day. So why, that's what David began to say when his soul was disquieted. He says, he says, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? He said, but he had to ask the question before he could even come to arrive at an answer. He had to ask the question, he says, I am, I am disquieted and my soul is restless because something happened. Something happened to cause his soul to become restless. Something happened. That's why his soul was downcast. That's why he was the way he was. Something happened to him. But then he would ask the question, he says, but why did I act this way? Why am I acting the way I act? He said, there's something, there's something that needs to, 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 to be developed within my life. He says, hope. He says, hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Hope for the sake of my countenance. Hope in the Lord. Hope in God, he says, for I shall yet praise him for the help of my own confidence. I need to praise him for, see, in fact, I need to praise him. It's not an option now. I need to praise him because, for the help of my, because if not, I'd be left back there. I'd be left in that valley. I'd be left in that place where my soul is disquieted, as Job was speaking of, and never, in fact, it would have become my prison if God had not done something to bring me out. So now, why? Why? You have to ask the question, why? I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. Why am I reacting this way? Why am I behaving this way? Why? I love the Lord. Why am I allowing this thing to mess me up like this? Why am I at a place where I cannot find the peace that God promises? Ask the question. That's a prayer. That's how we ought to pray our prayers. You see, in other words, I don't like the way I'm acting. I don't like the way I'm responding. I don't like the way I react to situations and circumstances that way. So now, what he does, he, what is your agenda? What is your agenda? You, when I talk about it, 
what do you really, you see, things are happening, things will happen, and they will continue to happen, but what is your purpose? What is, what, what thing do you really want to see occur within your life? Let me put it this way. What kind of person do you really want to become? Wait a minute now. Things happening. Maybe those things happening are happening because they're part of your development into becoming the person that you really want to become, or even better still, the person that God intends for you to ultimately become. You see, so things are happening. We mentioned person get to a place, they say, well, things are happening. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to act like they're not happening. I'm just going to allow, or better still, I'm going to allow them to happen. I'm just going to allow, I'm going to take a neutral position, neutrality, allow things to happen. And in other words, just drift through life as if no, nothing really matters. And that's when people reach that place of nothingness. You know, so there are certain religions that tell you to reach this place where you just lose sense of your feeling. You, 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 don't, you don't react to anything. And they, uh, that's reaching this utopia and where, where you just don't, nothing bothers, nothing is real, everything is fake in the black. And then you just kind of drift through life. Uh, and you know those songs many years ago, Kesara, Sara, what will be, will be. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter. That kind of attitude is not the attitude we ought to develop. But we're saying, Lord, I want you to use whatever experience that may come my way to transform me. I want to be transformed by the experiences that come my way. Now, now understand where the change takes place now. We're changed by our experiences. We're changed by the things that we encounter. But here's what God is concerned about. He's concerned about your inner life. Not just your outer life, but your inner life. You see, because understand that, that there's a part of you that God is developing, and as he developed that part of you, understand this part that is being developed is for eternity. It's not just within time, but it's for all eternity. God is saying, my objective for you is to develop you from the inside, from the inside, so that what is being developed within you will eventually manifest on the outside. Now, when, understand when the change takes place, because we can talk about transformation here, when the change takes place, we have to understand the, uh, the beginning of the whole encounter. It begins, and this is the part that we talk about inner life, it begins with imagination and emotion. It's not just the activity, it's not just the event, but it's the emotion that's engaged or involved in the event, which leads to imagination. So now we mentioned the projection into the future has to imagination. I'm thinking a particular way now based upon the things that happen. See, it, it, it does not begin with the thought itself and the intellect, but it starts with the feeling. How did you feel? How did you feel when that thing was happening? A certain strange feeling came over me when a person said a thing to me, when they spoke a word, when this thing happened, and how did you feel when you were in that situation? 
How did you really feel? Not what you thought first. Now, your thinking will follow, but how did you, the end of life, how did you feel? How did it affect your soul? Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? Here's what, let me, let me put it this way. The way you're affected on the inside will affect your thoughts, but it doesn't begin with the thoughts. It began with the feeling. It's how you felt. You, I felt this way. I felt this way. I feel a particular way. Now, look at what we're talking about here. This strange feeling about person, place, or thing. Then the mind builds its case as it accepts facts to support the feeling and emotions. So now, understand, now that you feel a particular place, now watch how it affects your thinking. Now you begin to think. And we talk about, we also talk about mindsets. Then you develop a mindset. And here's how a lot of people say, I'll never let this happen again. You see, people leave church. I'll never, I will never darken the door of this church again. In fact, I'm not going back to church again. Why? Because something happened to me while I was at church. Or there was something that made me feel that God didn't love me. And now I think that God doesn't love me. Do you see? I'm trying to help you on this. You, you see, I feel unloved, therefore I think that I'm unloved. Are you still with me? It starts with these minor changes, and then it becomes major changes, and then you're changed together, altogether, transformation. My perspective of life changed. Motives. And then it gets to the place of motives change, motivation. I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Attitude shifts take place in one's life. And it all happened because something happened to me. Now, this particular thing transformed me into becoming what I am today. And to think the way I think today, who I am today and what I am today. You see, what happens, you have to be very careful about this. It, it, things that happen can make you better. It can make you better. I can make you bitter. While we go through our challenges, commitments made ahead of time. You see, commitments made ahead. Here, here's, here's a commitment that someone, I will love you as long as you don't change. Have you heard that? Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah, I, now we're going to get married, but we're going to do, we're going to add to our, we're going to have a clause in here, and that's escape clause. What do you call it? Prenup. And, and we're going to put escape clause in this particular ceremony so that just in case you do something I don't like, we've already put in place a way or means of breaking the covenant. Because it's all a part of it. You see what I mean? So, so as long as you don't change, as long as you don't, as long as you please me, as long as you do what I want you to do, as long as you say what I want you to say, you see what I mean? So, so I love you as long as you don't change. And, 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 and what happens when you change, you see, now understand we're in an environment of change, and guess what? And the things that happen to us change us, so we're dealing with people that's ever changing. Are you saying this? I got I next, next Friday, this week now, this is New Week, Friday we'll be celebrating our anniversary. How many years? 44? 44 years. Guess what? 
What do you say when you get married? I do. I do what? <laughs> That's like I say, amen, before you hear the message. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I, I will be with you through your changes. <laughs> don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. I will hang with you through your changes in life. While you go through those changes, what I have to do is I have to ask God to show me a different way to love you. Because <laughs> I got to love you in spite of your changes. But I pray that God would cause those changes to be for the better and not for the worse. So now, look at what happens. So we, we, we are at a place where the commitments are made, commitments are made to the Lord, commitments are made to one another. All of these things occur within our lives because what are we doing? We're committing, we're making a covenant. So, so now, there are influences along the way, things that influence us along the way. So many things in this culture that has become a part of our norm and now redefine our world that appears as if it cannot, uh, as if we cannot live without them. So now there are things that's occurring within your world, my world, each other's world that's changing us. Because if the world is changing, guess what? You're changing based upon the things that you experience and how you process the things that's happening around you. You see, I process things a particular way you process things a different way. So you're changed in a particular way, and I'm changed in another way. But somewhere down the line, the objective is to be at a place that we are on the same page. That's why communication is so important. That's why communion is so important. We don't just come together because we say, well, uh, I, I just, you know, pastor says, forsake not this sibling. I didn't say that. God said it. Because if you build those habits, they become your norm. If you stop communicating, and this day, understand the changes that's occurring within the culture, brings us to a place where interpersonal communication is no longer necessary because there are ways and means of, 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 of getting what you want without having to deal with people. You don't deal with people anymore. There's a story. Have you heard? There's, a, there's technology now. Technology has replaced interpersonal relationships. They said now you go to the store, you can, there are stores. I think it's one in Atlanta. You can go to the store and you can pick up all your groceries. You come into the store, pick up all your groceries and leave. Just leave. And when you leave, everything that you purchased has been registered, recorded, and it's already debited your account based upon the things that you purchase. So therefore, you speak to anybody. You, the person at the counter doesn't have to say hello because it doesn't have to be a person to say hello to. You don't have to say goodbye. There has to be a person that to say goodbye to. All you do is walk in, get what you want, and leave. Now, what has it done? Now, what happens, I remember service stations now. Some of you, are, it's going to date me. I'm 74 years old. I remember going to the service station 
And when I pulled, it was, they call it a filling station. I remember pulling in there and somebody greeting me, standing, waiting on me to put my car in. May, hello, may I help you? And while they're saying that, they got a rag out, they got a, a spray, and they're cleaning my windshields. And then they're asking me the question, how much gas do you want to purchase? Do you want regular or do you want ethyl? We're no regular, we're no premium there. You want regular, you want ethyl. And then they would stand there and pump my gas for me and then check the oil. They called it full service. Now you don't see anybody. You just go on service station and you swipe your card. You get what you want and you leave. That's part of culture now. Or somebody else may swipe your card. <laughs> so now, understand, so many within the culture have been a part of these changes that it becomes a norm and it redefines our world. It appears as if now those changes are changes that we cannot live without. And the only thing that could change us, we're forced to do without them. And we say, well, it, it is hard to give up those things that we have grown accustomed to. The modernity, the things that, uh, cell phones. I left my phone. I'm 40 miles out away from home. Gotta make a U-turn. <laughs> Habits. Habits are easily formed, hard to break. Wow. Now we look at all of these things. Let's go back to the beginning as we look at what has happened. So we look at modifications of, of, original, of the origin of a healthy environment because we look at in the book of Genesis, it was a healthy environment in the Garden of Eden. A, 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 I would put it this way. Would you believe if it were told to you that there was another world other than this one? And that was a system that preceded the systems that we have grown accustomed to. Would you believe it that things have not always been this way? Can you believe that? The way we do things, the way we live our lives, the things that we engage in, would it be, could you possibly imagine that what we have grown accustomed to has not always been this way. You see, that's why travel is good. When you go to another environment, you go to another culture, you begin to realize that. Because uh, I was asking uh, the driver, I said, uh, uh, you've been to St. Vincent, some of you have been to St. Vincent. You know, you're up in the mountains and, and, and you're going around these curves and the roads are narrow. You have to wait until one car passes in order for the next car to get through. This is what I've been dealing with last week. You wait for a car, and then you hit the horn, you tell a person you can go, and then the other person, if a person rushes, you, you gotta just sit back and let them have it. But, but, but understand this. I said, well, why don't y'all use your GPS? Yes, we've got a G GPS system. What GPS system? The street didn't even have any names on them. You go down an alley, that's the main road to the hotel. 
So, so, so you see, but, but let's go back. We see that. that, that that's, that's a change of our norm. It's a change of behavior. Change when we go to different places. We have to not only, uh, uh, it's not just the language barrier that's there, but there's also the cultural barriers that are there. We are walking into a different culture. You, you travel to the Philippines, you've traveled to Africa and other places with me. You understand, there's a change of, 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 of not just scenery, but, but people think differently in different places. So now, I'm going all the way back to the beginning, and we look at in the, that, that things were different when God first designed them and when man was first made. It's hard to believe that. And that it was a different world than the world that we're currently living in. So what we're living in is a modification of the original. Everything that we see, everything that we're being exposed to is really a modification of the original. This isn't the way things were originally designed. It, when God first designed all that he made, it was designed for intellectual, relational, and spiritual growth. He says he put them in a garden to grow out from that garden so that they would be brought to the place of, of, of taking dominion over the whole world, over all of God. I, I didn't say world. I, I said world, but over worlds. I'll put it this way. It was the Garden of Eden was conducive for man's growth. What uh, it was not meant to merely remain, they weren't really meant to just remain in the garden, but to grow from the garden and then take dominion over God's creation. Now, understand this. Uh, uh, to show you how things can change, because we talk about cultural diversity, I'm over there, they don't care about your football. You know, we talk about, you know, Super Bowl's going to be 12th of, of, of uh, February. I know y'all want to know, what team are you, that's the conversation that we have in the restaurants here, what team are you pulling for? They don't know, they don't care, it's American. See, where I came from, uh, where, they come, where I came from over there, they don't even care about who wins the Super Bowl. But now, look at, I, I see my time, but look at this, look at this. I'm going to show you something because I want you to see this. This is what we talk about changes, 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 and how the changes have an effect upon our lives, bring us to the place where we reach this place of conformity rather than be, you see, conformity to it. And the transformation, understand, it is still a degree of transformation, but it's not a positive transformation. We are being changed into, so we fit into the world system. J.B. Phillips put it this way. I like the way he put it here in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He puts it this way. He says, with eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brethren, as an act of intelligent worship to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him 
and acceptable by him. Let's go over this. Your eyes have to be wide open first. Now, why eyes wide open means that you're not culturally, you're, you're, you're not a, I would say, culturally crippled. You're not at a place where all you see are the things that are happening around you. But with eyes wide open, we want to see through the lenses of the Lord what God is saying. With eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brother, as an intelligent act of worship to give him your bodies. Give him your bodies. Give him your bodies. Wait a minute now. I own my body. I do what I please with my body. That's not always been the case. You see, that was a time where, where Adam knew that his body belonged to God. There was a time when Eve knew that her body, she didn't have to be taught that, but she knew that. He knew that. To show you the cultural shift, that I don't belong to myself, I belong to him. But things were modified. Now, he says, he says, so now this is, I beg, this is an act of intelligent worship to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. And then he says, do not let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Now, it is saying that the world around you, the influences around you, will squeeze you into conformity so that now you become a product of your environment. So you act like people around you, you think like people around you, you start looking like people around you. You start looking, because whatever other people are doing, you start looking alike. I was watching many years ago, remember that movie Fallen? The, the movie Fallen? Was that Denzel Washington in Fallen? And, and, and what happened uh, 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 in that movie, you know, they call it the sirens. And what happened, the, the, you could tell who's been impacted because they will sing the same song. They will sing the same song. Time, time, time is on your side, which is a lie. <laughs> Time is on your side. Time is on your side. So they began to hear that say, so what happened? You wouldn't even, you could tell who's been impacted by the song that they would sing. Look at what's happening today. You can tell who has been influenced by another because they fall in line with the same song. Same language. They talk the same way. Who you been talking to? Who you been exposed to? Because I hear you singing their song. You used to sing the Lord's song. You used to rejoice. You used to be happy. You used to be a person that enjoyed the presence of the Lord. You used to get something out of the instructions and the teachings made a difference in your life. But now it doesn't feed me. Who you been talking to? Who's been, now you're singing the same song as the people that has affected and impacted your life. We can tell who you've been around. Good, see, see, see bad company corrupts. 
good manners or good behavior. So now, listen. He said, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Uh, he says, because what happens? But let God remold you. Remold your minds from within. We talk about the inner life. Let him remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good. Now, I like the fact he said the plan of God, which is future tense. We mentioned reflective. We talk about the things that's happening now and the things that will happen. So that as a result of all of this, understand what God is doing is remolding your mind because now you begin to see things differently. Let God remold your mind from within so that you may, first of all, see and provide evidence that God's plan for your life is good. What God has planned for you is good. Meets all his demands and moves towards the goal of true maturity. In other words, you're growing. You're being developed as a result of the things that you're going through. What happens when you're not being exposed to the right things? Your love grows cold. And as your love grows cold, eventually you become cold-hearted, insensitive, indifferent. You don't care one way or the other, you see. Then you start blocking folk. They call it ghosting one another. In other words, you're dead to me. You don't mean anything to me. But here's the other part. You then become a ghost to your former self. You become a ghost to your... You, you see, you feel differently, your emotions, things you experience, all of these things have shifted, and as a result of it, yeah, it doesn't hurt you because it doesn't mean the same. That was a poem, and I'm going to, see, I don't know how the time, you, did you give me the right time? Did you, did you, did you? I, th I think he kept the same time. Whatever I said didn't matter, I guess, it just kept it. But, but, but that was a poem, that was a poem by, by Thomas Jones. Uh, and, and, and this is what he said here. He said, across, Thomas Jones, Thomas J. Jones, he said, across the fields of yesterday, he sometimes come to me, a little lad just back from play, the lad I used to be. And yet he smiled so wistfully once he had crept within. I wonder if he, is, he hopes to see the man I might have been. The man I might have been. I hope you got that. I'll go over it again. Across the field of yesterday, he sometimes, the thought sometimes come to me. A little lad just back from play. The lad I used to be. Now my past, he says, and yet he smiles so wistfully. Once he had crept within, then I wonder if he hopes to see the man I might have been. Thank you. You got it up. That's who I would have been if I would have allowed God to have taken full charge of my life. 
So when we look back, the things that happened to me, the things that happened caused me to become the person that I became. But now I'm looking at the person that I would have been if I had yielded to God as he was there and desiring to work in me those things that he desired to work within me. So now, understand, uh, he, how things are managed is important. Don't turn off your feelings, but feel what you're feeling. Feel the experience. It's a part of being human. It's a part of being human. That's, that pain that you felt, feel it. The thing that hurt you, feel the hurt. Feel the pain. Don't, don't act like it didn't hurt. It hurt. I, I can talk to God this way. I say, Lord, this hurts. This is very painful. Oh, I can't wait. I wish we had time to really show you the scripture that Paul gave us to encourage us in the midst of all of this. He said, that's a part of being human. A part of being alive is that pain is painful. Express your true feelings, but express them at the appropriate time and at the appropriate place. Don't wear them everywhere you go. But there's a time when you, some of you that's going through and it's going through, you know there are times you have your moments. It's all right to have those moments. But don't be defined by that. Because what God is wanting to do is use those moments in those situations. Even when you experience those pains, he's going to take that pain and agony and use it in a productive way, a productive manner. God has a way of, 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 of you see, what he began, what Paul began to say, the things that happened turned out for the carrying out of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm jumping ahead now since I'm out of time. His objective is to use you as a minister, as a minister, not just with words. And I, I, I begin to experience that and understand this all the more, is that just to speak words are inadequate, but you got to go through something in order for those words to have true meaning, in order for those words to have the kind of impact because you wonder, Pastor Greg and I were speaking some time ago about how Jesus could speak a word and the power of God would manifest. You know how that happens? You got to go through something to get there. And then you got to maintain the right perspective while you're going through those things. And then Paul would say, in retrospect, I come to understand that those things that happened had a purpose. They had, God had an intent when he was taking me through. Now, I wouldn't have ordered that. I wouldn't have ordered that. I wouldn't have ordered that. I would have, if anything, if I knew, Lord, that this is what you had in store for me, I would have run in a different direction. But I said amen before I even realized what I was saying amen to. And that's what the Lord does to He said, now, what I want you to do Here's a miracle over here. Here's a miracle over here. Here's a healing here. Here's a healing there. Here's some food. Here's all this stuff. He's courting us. And then he says, now, who am I? Who am I? He said, you're a miracle worker. You're, 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 you're a doctor in the sick room. You're a lawyer in the courtroom. You're my help in the time of trouble. You're my hope when I'm hopeless. 
yeah, you're this and that and the other. And we could hoop and holler and turn somersaults, walk the pews. Wow. Your good life now. Your blessings now. Everything in the present. Everything in the, uh, I'm messing with some folk now. Enjoying life. Pleasures within life. And then Jesus said, who do you say I am? Well, that's how I see you. And then he says, that's what, how you see me? That's how they see me. But we've been walking together for a while, and you see the world doesn't accept me. They reject me. A lot of folk you think would love me don't love me. He said, now, who do you say that I am? He said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. My Father in heaven has sh shown the light upon you so that you could see me in a different light in heavenly, through heavenly lenses. He says, now we can talk differently. We're not going to talk about miracles now. We ain't talking about signs and wonders. We ain't going to talk about blessings. We ain't going to talk about any of stuff. You know what we're going to talk about now? Jerusalem. We're going to talk about Jerusalem. City, capital city, but it's also the place of sacrifice. It's the place of my death. I'm going there to die. But I couldn't tell you that before you were able to, before you saw me. But now that you see me, we can talk about Jerusalem now. We're going to Jerusalem. What? To die. To die. To die. He said, I must fulfill the purpose for which I came. I didn't come for you to enjoy life. I didn't come for you to have your best life now because your best life is reserved for you for later. You see, I'm going to give you more than they are enjoying, but it's in your future. In fact, my objective, understand this, this is a church where we talk about future. We talk about heaven. We talk about God's blessing us now to prepare us for then. It doesn't fit everybody. He says, we're going to Jerusalem, but I know you couldn't handle it until you saw me. But as long as you saw my Provisions, you would always go for the provisions. But when you see me, then you're willing to become my disciple indeed. We're going to Jerusalem now. We're going to Jerusalem. Peter, the first one that saw him, first one to reject it, first one to pull back. Let it be far from you that we go to Jerusalem. The devil has spoken through a man, a prophet, the one that prophesied. The devil spoke through him because he's trying to, he's trying to undermine the purpose for which I've come. But then eventually, he had to align himself with the purposes of God. So this is not easy believism. This is authentic faith, which requires conversion in order for one to embrace it. So Father, thank you. I just have to end it. Father, thank you for what you're helping us to see, know, and understand. And may we as true believers, as true saints of God, your saints. Lord, uh, allow those things that happen to be seen in a different light. 
They happened. These things really happened, but Lord, nothing happens without your having knowledge of them and how you can use the good, the bad, and the ugly for a purpose. That's good. So, Lord, thank you for this. And we pray, Lord, that you will weave the tapestry of our experiences in life into a beautiful, uh, a beautiful blanket of praise of something, Lord, that will bring glory to you. Lord, I'm praying that those that might have denied you in the past because they said they couldn't take it, that they couldn't go any further, Lord, let this be the time when they learn to trust in you. They learn to surrender their all to you. That they would not make up their mind based upon or judge you by one situation or one circumstance that they did not agree with. But Lord, let them become disciples indeed because they accept the whole plan, the whole, proce or the whole process that leads to glory, the route, the path that leads to glory. So with this, we give you the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.